0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Ithaca, New York, boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation among 150 waterfalls. Plan your trip today with help from VisitIthaca.com. Hey,
2: this is Hannah, HRN's program manager. It's HRN's 10th anniversary and now our summer fun drive. So show your support for independent, revolutionary, entertaining food radio by becoming a monthly recurring donor. HRN is powered by a passionate community of thoughtful eaters, and we need each and every one of you to show your support so that we can keep bringing you your favorite food podcasts. It takes a village, and every dollar donated, every listener tuning in is essential to our continued success. So set up a donation for $10 every month. You'll show us that you want to be a part of a bright future for HRN and you'll get one of our brand new limited edition pizza pocket t-shirts. So snag your new favorite tea and show us some love. All for the price of about two fancy lattes each month. Go to heritageradionetwork.org/donate today and thank you.
3: So I just like went on to Instagram and I saw that Karl Kardashian started following us on Instagram and like I mean it's like Kim Kardashian's cousin. N- I don't know, it's spelled with a C. But anyway, he's like some 19-year-old kid. He wrote this review. Okay, I loved my meal at Dorcia so much that I got three orders of their killer and ceviche to go. I'm literally obsessed with the all-you-can-eat peanut butter, bacon tortellini soup salad and breadsticks combo, so 1990s. Toad's delish. But I mean, I don't really get the whole Jake Gyllenhaal reference, Jamaican jerk chicken haul thing. Sounds like an inside joke for the chef. Also, she cooks in her bra, and they don't have avocado toast, so yeah, five stars. I don't know. Is out of five? Five. Or out of ten? I have no idea. No, I really I don't think. understand.
4: What in the world does an imaginary Kardashian have to do with food radio? Well, you're about to find out. I'm Katie Mosman-Wadler, and this is Meat and Three.
3: Meat and Three. Meat and Three. Meat and Three.
4: One meat. Three sides.
1: Food, news, and storytelling.
3: A square meal. For your ears.
4: Meat and three. This week, we invite you to listen in on a very special crossover episode of Meat and Three. Recently, the hosts of four HRN series came together at Haven's Kitchen in Manhattan for a raucous live show. The show was called Aspiration to Action, and if you've ever wanted to start your own restaurant, food brand, or dive into the world of food media, you don't want to miss what we've got coming up. On this week's Meet and 3, we're bringing you tales of the good, the bad, and the transformative from Food World veterans and innovators. As far as we know, there is no new member of the Kardashian clan named Carl. But the way that influencer culture has changed the game when it comes to marketing a food business or any business is undeniable. Our first story is about what social media means to restaurant owners— Eli Sussman, host of The Line on HRN, and his brother, Max, are co-owners of Samisa. They just opened a new restaurant location inside the new Essex Street Market, and they also run a catering business and just launched a new sweet tahini spread called Tahani. Eli has made a splash with the vaguely absurdist Instagram presence he's created for Samisa. Here are Max and Eli in conversation with Zara Tangora and Bretton Scott hosts of Life's a Banquet on HRN.
5: We try not to offend people right but obviously part of it is that we kind of it's our Instagram so I I feel like we can kind of put out there whatever we want but at the same time like the stakes are actually weirdly high on Instagram for a restaurant like you got to put out the content it's got to be it's got to look a very specific way you have to frame your business and your stories in all these kind of ways and I think partly we just do these things where i like zoom in on max's eyeball but at the same time we do do the stuff that we have to do as well and like uh, on april fools um i posted a picture of we do a lot of catering and i posted a picture of a taco bar that we brought and dropped off at an office and i the tag was and and of course i anything that gets posted max is the sounding board right so i'm is this funny? Is this stupid? And Max says, that's stupid. Don't post it. Or it's kind of funny. I guess you can post it. Whatever. Uh, so I posted that we had been acquired by Chipotle. <laughs> Good for you. I thought Good that, for you guys. I thought this was a pretty oh, obvious a thing that our our 12-seat restaurant, <laughs> okay, yesterday we did $800 in sales. yeah.
3: And Steve
5: Ells no, just showed up in his Maybach, and he was like, I want it. I want all of it. <laughs> right? So I, I posted it, and I th- actually, Max was like, that's not that clever. You know, he texted me. He was like, I think you should take that down. <laughs> Two hours later, an email comes in to info at samisanyc.com. Hi, I'm the world director of social media for Chipotle. <laughs> can you explain to me what's going on? Oh, no. April Fools. <laughs> Wrong. That's what you think. Wrong. Yeah. I told her I was outraged that their team had not coordinated the rollout <laughs> with our team. <laughs> and... to you're it. Right. And I said... Genius. I don't understand. Who have you been talking to? <laughs> and she said, who have you been talking to? And I said, Steve. <laughs> and then... What? And then after like two hours, Max said we're gonna get sued, and they're gonna take everything. They're gonna take our underwear. They're gonna take our home. So, so we ended up walking that back. But like, yeah. But but, like, Did we, like how many people texted up? you? Like our family texted us. They were like, "No way! <laughs> I can't believe it. You got acquired."
6: Like, you're a
4: moron. To hear more from Eli Sussman, subscribe to the Line wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find Zara Tangora and Bretton Scott each week on the hilarious Life's a Banquet. Next, we've got an excerpt from Kat Johnson's conversation with Dana Cowan. Before arriving at HRN to host her own show, Speaking Broadly, Dana found herself in a chain of transitions and change. After 21 years of working at Food & Wine, Dana did something we've all considered at one point, but few have ever dared to try. She walked away.
6: So I knew that as I jumped out of this amazing job that I'd had for such a long time and that I really, really had enjoyed for so much of it, there would be something like to bounce off. I wasn't going to like break bones, but I also was aware that on that very small trampoline, there are like shards of glass, like it was going to hurt.
1: So transitions to begin with are scary and risky. Yeah, I
6: didn't, we I, no, I mean, to, to, like, I didn't actually find it scary at all. I was really happy, and I was, I was happy to try something new. I was like, so, you get some cuts. You, like, you know, clean it out. There's alcohol. There's, I mean, for the wounds, there's <laughs> alcohol. And, you know, you, you wrap it up, and you move on. So I didn't actually um, find that scary. What I had found scary for literally 15 years was the idea that I had no idea what else I would do. Like, that job was so much fun not knowing what could possibly be next, that was terrifying. And knowing that not knowing was going to hold me back, that was scary. Walking out the door and going, hey, I'm gonna try something, like maybe it's gonna work, maybe it's not gonna work, that actually wasn't scary at all.
1: So in the theme of aspiration to action, one of the things we're trying to kind of demystify is this idea that some people have it all figured out and have it figured out from the beginning. You're saying that it took you a while. How, yeah. how can people going through sort of the like searching for answers? How can how can they feel better about that process?
6: It's the very hardest thing to do, and but it's trust, right? Like, um, and so I have this pet peeve. I I have started reading a lot of the um, the pop. I guess you call them self-help, empowerment, what to do next books, and I really hate them. And um, and I was trying to figure out why, and it's because they make it seem really easy, and it's not easy, you know? It's like, so you just enjoy the journey. Like, how are you supposed to enjoy the journey? The journey actually isn't fun. I mean, at the end, it's fun, because you look back and it's like you, well, Mount Everest now isn't fun, but it's like you've done your own Everest, and you look back, and it's awesome, but... Um, but the thing, if you know at the beginning that it really, truly it will work out and you can trust that these the small steps you're taking are going to go somewhere, they're not actually a circle of hell into the center of the earth. They're quite the opposite. You know, the, the steps you take are you leading you somewhere and you don't know exactly where they are and if you stop saying, like, I need to know, where am I going, what's next, like, what, you know, where does this lead me? And you say, like, I'm doing the stuff that I love, that I believe in, that I, and I, I trust myself that I will get there. Um, you will get there. That was Dana Cowan, the
4: host of Speaking Broadly on Heritage Radio Network. Since leaving Food & Wine, she has found a number of different buckets to drop her passions into. Besides all the wonderful work she does on the podcast, she's been highlighting and empowering women in the industry through her newest venture, The Broadleys, which encompasses all that she loves under one umbrella. We'll be right back with more Meet and 3 after a short break.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca. Located in New York's Finger Lakes region, Ithaca boasts an authentic craft beverage experience, tasty farm-to-table culinary adventures, and scenic outdoor recreation. As the saying goes, Ithaca is gorgeous. The city is home to 150 waterfalls and gorges sprinkled through its downtown and sloping hillsides. State parks and acres of natural lands offer outdoor recreation for every level of enthusiast come stroll among the cool ravines, scenic hiking trails, and natural vistas. Ithaca is home to Ivy League Cornell University and Ithaca College, resulting in an influx of new cultures, new tastes, and new energy every year. There's so much to explore, from art galleries and museums to unique attractions like the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Ithaca sits at the heart of a blossoming heritage and craft cider industry. Some of these delicious ciders can be bought in market, but many of the most unique varieties can only be experienced with a visit to Ithaca and this great cider region. Go to visitithaca.com to get inspired and plan your trip today. Welcome back to Meet 3. This week, we're sharing some excerpts from our recent live show at
4: Haven's Kitchen called Aspiration to Action. The evening's final conversation brought together two founders, Jenny Brittenbauer of Jenny's Splendid and Allison Kane of Haven's Kitchen. Allison also hosts In the Sauce on HRN. She interviewed Jenny about how she went from closing her first ice cream shop, Scream, to building her now wildly successful business, Jenny's Splendid Ice Creams.
7: I read all about and I heard about on How I Built This, which is amazing. Um, you had Scream and you said something like it was always on the verge of... Almost doing well, and you decided to close it, and then you reopened as Jenny's a few years later. And I guess from the business perspective, you know, what were sort of the key differences? What did you learn in between? What did you replicate in Jenny's that you didn't scream, and what
8: did you decidedly not replicate? Well, it's interesting because we were talking about this earlier, actually. But, um, I mean, just in the last conversation. But at Scream, I was still thinking more like a, a wannabe artist. I mean, I came out of sort of... I actually left a figure drawing class because a model that was too... I like the like round models better than the angular, the angular ones right. because they're easier for me to draw, and I just enjoyed it more. And so I literally walked out of art class and went and never went back to college, to, to university at all. And I um, I started my business. But has anyone um, made
7: a movie about you yet? Or are they <laughs> to, can't you just see that? You scene can imagine where it. She's like quietly, and then she just, just puts like, down her I'm pencil. I'm out of here. And then she just <laughs> <does>. <laughs> Sorry,
8: <laughs> um uh, but. I was still thinking, like, that's what you do, you, you express yourself through flavor, that's what the business is, that people will come and they'll be so excited about what you're going to put right. forth. And some people were, but it wasn't really enough to make a business out of. And so when I, but I didn't realize that until after I closed, I was just burned out. I'd had, I mean, 12 hour days, only Mondays off for four years. and. Um, that's the orange scone thing that you Then I went about. to the coffee shop, yeah. and like the only thing I wanted was the thing that I came here for, and they were out of it, yep. you know? And I was like, and they didn't even care. So then I realized that's what I did to every customer at Scream. So when I started Jenny's, I, um, anything that had been popular at Scream that people asked for all the time, I made sure that we had every single day. And that's still the way it is. It is sort of always
7: about that tension, and there's always this trying to figure out like how to hold on to who you are, your vision, your mission, but also listen to the people
8: that love you and, and, and kind of take in their feedback a little That's bit. That's exactly what it is, a two-way conversation. Entrepreneurship is that two-way conversation with your customer, and, um, and it has to be a good conversation. Do you feel like it came back to the
7: way that you envision things, the difference between Scream and Jenny's, or was it tactical business things? Was it just as simple as like,
8: keeping the regular people happy? Well it was, but it was also I mean we I, I knew that I wasn't gonna be the only employee. So um, so I knew that I would have to build a team, so then I started thinking, Okay, well, if I need this person on my team, how much ice cream do I have to sell? How many people do I have to get through the door every day? Right. So that's I think really the sort of beginning of of now we were really thinking focused on business. Exactly. Business and entrepreneurship are totally different things. Like that's one cool. is about community and passion and love and and building community, and the other one is about HR logistics. Yeah, um, margins. All of the th- finance and all the things, lot. and they yeah. work really well together. Yeah. But yeah, and and for me, I could only do the business part of it for so many years before I really brought in people who were really good at that.
4: For Jenny's, it was about starting small and growing slowly, but some good press pushed the business's growth above and beyond.
8: You know, it's a complicated thing, but you can in America start yes. in your house, yes, and which I did. Yeah. 2001, I started. I sold ice cream out of my house for a full year. Uh, people would drive up and yeah. pick it up at my door. And then I got chefs to sell my ice cream, and then I, because of that, got a small bank loan, $20,000, and opened up in a, small mar- in a farmer's market, and that's what we did. Yeah. You can do that.
7: And then how did it get into selling online, and how did it get well, into- Well, Al Roker put us on oh, his show. Really?
8: <laughs> and didn't come to Columbus or anything, we're, um, but he, we were on his show. And yeah. I was like, oh my God, we're gonna get like 10,000 orders. We have to have a website. So we you made, made a, a website. website. And we got one order. <laughs> but it was like, number one, Central Park West or something like that. So right. it was like the right person. Right. And, um, and the next thing we were on, Daily Candy, right.
0: which was huge then. It was like yep.
8: 2004. Yeah. And um, Daily Candy like blew us up. And suddenly, still to this day, our, our big, we're the biggest ice cream shipper in the country. But yeah, I think that literally, Al Roker and then the one person and then Daily Candy. It can happen. Right? on your website
7: about team talent hustle guts Um, you have a fellowship model where you don't consider your suppliers just suppliers you consider them all sort of stakeholders in your company Um, there's a lot of thought clearly that's gone into the way that you think about team and can you just give us like one (laughs) little sorry I know it's like a half an hour conversation but. No, no, I mean,
8: I, I just people ask me all the time, what's my favorite business book? And I always say it's the Lord of the Rings movies. So (laughs) (laughs) it's like, um, uh, that's where fellowship comes from. Like, you know, you have my sword and my axe and whatever. So I've got, you know, Mike's Strawberries. And we've got, you know, Steve over in the logistics, who is like a bodyguard for the ice cream, knows how to move it somewhere. And we got so, so, but the, the idea is that you bring your, like, awesomeness in and then together make something bigger than some of its parts and is there a specific way that you kind of help bring out the best in your team like do you have
7: just a quick little nugget
8: i mean trust i think trust Trust. i think when you trust people then they trust you and when you operate as that then you know you've just built a a relationship of trust and that's the most important thing and then everything is like not easy but you've got that taken care of yeah it's this foundation that everything can grow off of
7: I mean, I think that's kind of the best way to end it. It's all about trust, Mm -hmm. y'all.
8: Thank you. Thanks so much, you guys.
4: To find Jenny's Scoop Shops or find out what local stores sell and deliver Jenny's ice creams, check out jenny's.com. That's J-E-N-I-S dot com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Meet and 3 on Heritage Radio Network. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at heritage underscore radio. Special thanks this week to Oscar Belkin-Sessler and Aaliyah Papes. Meet in Three is produced by Hannah Forden, Liza Hamm, Kat Johnson, and me, Katie Mosman-Wadler. Our audio engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. This program is supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with the City Council.